Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On My Block Packs Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thank you for listening. Let me just enjoy this uh, this run by AG. You know, clean it by the fat guy. I'll tell you what. I've I don't think there's a, again a guy on the planet that was that misses being that big as much as I miss being two ninety five or three hundred pounds, whatever I was. Because now, it's life ain't just as as much fun as it used to be. I'll just tell you the truth. Love having kids. Love being married. Love what I do. But it's not football. It's not football. Football is great. Listen, Bet Online is our sp- our sponsor. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football, esports, and even more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. And remember. Use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I haven't done a great job recently talking about the odds for the Packers this year. I know that at one point they were the least favorite to uh, win the, the NFC North division. I'll bet after the preseason that Jordan Love had, I just have to think that they're a little bit higher. I'm going to look at it right now while we're going through some of this stuff. Maybe I am. Packers win 19-15 against the Seattle backups. Seattle didn't play their starters. Um, they really tied against, if you look at, you look at, you know, we came out and played our stars. Kenny Clark played. That was awesome. We played most of our starters uh, this this final game, at least for two series. And it was a tie. It was 7-7. They made some play. It was, it was an interesting game because I, we scored on offense. Jordan Love has looked his look. Um, he's not a superstar necessarily yet. We don't know what he's going to be yet, but early indications are that they've made a, a wise decision in trusting uh, trust is trusting the right word or or passing the torch from two hall you know hall of famer to hall of famer to now Jordan Love, who looks like a guy who's going to be able to have some success here. But having said that, we'll see on the film as we break down a little bit later. You know, if we're, if we're talking about what we took away from the game, he he has that dynamic where he can run. He certainly got a live arm. He makes a, he flips his hips and makes a pass out to the flat about twenty yards downfield. Actually, I think it's Watson coming across on a, on a play action look on two deep crossers, and we'll show that that, that clip as well. The, the linebacker actually made a really good, a really heads up play there. But he flips his hips and fires the ball down. He's got a live arm. Um, there's some decision-making things that, listen, We I can sit here. If, if I watch every game against almost every quarterback, I can sit here and tell them where they made the wrong decision. That's easy to do in retrospect. But there's always some decision-making things, pre-snap and post-snap, we can look at. Uh, but just from a flow of the game standpoint, his footwork, and that he's got that uh, elusiveness, and, and certainly he understands how to break contain. And it, it's, it looks like, and he broke contain a lot this game. And so was it because of pressure? Was it because of other things? We'll kind of look at that a little bit, but – it looks like that is an added value to him 
although he doesn't look like the largest human in the play. Like, in other words, I don't know how many times I want to see him get hit, but it looks like he's going to add a dimension that Aaron Rodgers had for his entire career. But, you know, as you get older, you, even though I think he's still fast athletic and all of that, I think you start to use that less because you process things a little bit more in the pocket. Then we start to see on the other side how good Kenny Clark is. We still have to figure out what that – I still think we have to figure out what that DB situation looks like and, and what we're going to do with Savage and Ford and the rest of that safety position. Um, Lucas Van Ness got the start this this week. Uh, I don't know if, if the Packers felt that he earned that by draft status or he earned that because he was out playing Hollins and, and Igbari over the, the preseason. I don't know if that makes sense, but he did get the start opposite Preston Smith. One thing that we haven't talked about, we'll just go to tape right now, and really, if we go to the tape, okay, so this is the first thing that we need to talk about. And I think I think I have this a play early. But you see Quay Walker is going to walk in. We've got two over the slot. So if you look down at the, at the bottom of the screen, we've got a, a three-by-two empty formation. And this is just stuff as you're watching. As you watch tape for fans out there or anybody who want to pick, picks, this, picks this stuff up, the most obvious, if you're going to say to me, Who's the most obvious person that's going to come in this situation? If anybody's coming on, on an empty blitz, who's coming right now? And you would say, well, you'd say the person over the the, the slot receiver on the on the bottom uh, two side of the formation because the safety's down. In other words, he can't run a hot route. If they came up from the slot on the on the on the on the three by two on the three side, from there you see that you know basically that inside slot receiver's got I don't know twenty yards of space between him between him and Darnell. I think it's Darnell Savage, but Quay Walker's got a little bit less space. So I don't know against, you know, for me, if you go empty and you bring five, the risk, you have to figure out what the risk reward is for you because as we play this, this uh, clip, look how much space everybody has. I mean, really, except for the inside slot receiver, who's playing in a situation where you can't throw the ball whenever you want. Really, as I look at this, obviously you're going to see Rasul Douglas down here on the bottom of the screen, and he's he, you know, he's he's opening up, and he's you're not going to throw a hitch right now. You see the same thing at the top of the screen as well, but everybody else, I mean, you got a lot of space to operate here. There's two people to throw to, and I just don't know how much sense. I, I, it's just one of those observations. I don't know how much sense that makes. Now, I want everybody to start looking at the tips and tendencies. Okay, so we got Preston Smith. The first thing is Preston. Now that Rashawn Gary's not here. Preston has played in the preseason, at least, as a left outside linebacker, left defensive end, whatever you want to call it. He usually is on the right side. He's now on the left side. Are we doing that because he thinks we, we think he is the best pass rush option now against arguably, usually, except for maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the worst pass blocking tackle? Like, usually the left tackle is the better pass blocker, at least historically. You know, TJ Watt, all these guys are making a lot of money over there rushing against the right tackle now. Michael Strahan starting the trend, I think. But Van Ness is over on the other side. I've, we've talked about this. Being up in a two-point stance, I don't think is the best thing for him. Here's something that's very interesting. This is not only happening with the Green Bay Packers. It happens with the Seattle Seahawks and a number of other teams. You look at their stances, inside foot up. Van Ness is kind of tipping this a little early with not only where he's lined up as as far as in relationship to the left tackle, but also the way he's tilted in. He's probably going to come inside here. And then we see Kenny Clark's coming up off the right guard here, and they're going to work, they're going to work off this double, comes backside. Van Ness slips inside. Quaid does a good job of spilling on this play. Again, here's what I want. When I say he does a good job, this is what we want to see from Quay Walker right here. 
Quay is Quay needs to come down and and pop this fullback in the mouth. Okay, that's that's just not how you take on a, a fullback. You got to, you have to stand your ground right there. You want to condense that space as much as possible. And when he plays two hands and gets pushed off the ball, this is what we saw last year. Something that we hopefully see some improvement of as time goes on. But something we can, but something that is a huge area of opportunity because it affects this defense. Kenny Clark gets in though. Nice play by Van Ness. It's a it's a scripted play. It's not like he's um, deciding he's going to go inside all of a sudden. But it's as you continue to watch this as a fan. When you see inside foot up and you see them this close to the tackle, expect that they're going to go inside until they show you differently. Get the scrape. And then obviously you see Kenny making his presence felt as soon as he gets on the field. There's another Kenny Clark play, I believe. Goes backside here. And this is a play where you're looking to nickel. And he immediately sees you know, he's got that left foot pointed. You look at the stance. He's going outside. Enigbari is not in any position to rush. So he has contained. And this kind of just works out, right? Plays like this just sometimes work out. Really brave move there by the tight end. <laughs> Jeez, oh, beats. Okay. Now, we've seen the three-by-one for the rush side. So you got Preston. Okay. And I think we got Wooden there and then Kenny Clark. And then on the other side, we have a defensive end who's just off the screen and then Quay. So Quay's going to occupy that left guard, and they're going to be able to run a kind of a TE or a linebacker end game there. But you've got this three-man game, so you've got the three-to-one side, and there's so many things they can do here, right? They can run a TE with the inside penetrator and then the three-technique coming around or the four-technique or five-technique, I guess, in this case. You can run a TE with the five-technique in Preston Smith. Um, you can run a, a double a double tackle, tackle, end all the way around game. And then you can run like a crazy twist here as well, where the ends actually go underneath one another, like they did all at Tampa back in the day. This is kind of a new wrinkle. When you watch this rush, the red arrow is going to go first, and then we're going to we're running the TT, but we're really running it like um almost like an ET game with the tackle going out. So the center and the guard are having to, to deal with this ET game. And it's a it's it looks good. It's tough to block. You see here, because Preston's coming, this tackle can only hang for so long. And now I think that's why we maybe that's why it not wouldn't, but we can occupy that space. It is why, excuse me. And now I mean that's just a natural pick play. And this is when you see plays like this, really, it's just a question of how is the quarterback going to throw the ball? Because I, I 19 times out of 20, you're gonna you're gonna win on this play. Don't really care about the end of this Isaiah McDuffie man can tackle. I love Isaiah McDuffie, man. Oh, here he is again. Go figure. Okay, so he gets called for a penalty here, but this is how you play the linebacker position. Head on a swivel. Season's guy coming across. Now, within five yards, you can knock that guy's block off. Okay, and so what, so what he should have done here, I think if he could do this again, he would just take a shot on this receiver coming across the, the underneath here on the double crosser. He could take a shot on him and just knock his block off right there. And then this play is moot, right? The throw doesn't, nothing matters, but because he drags with him a little bit, takes him down, they end up getting the penalty. But I just like the awareness. Obviously I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, you could build off this play, but you like the instincts. You like the way he's, his head's on a swivel. He knows where he's going. 
you can be a little more, you can make a decision if you're within that five yards to be a little more physical, but you certainly can't hold on to him. Do like the play though. Okay. What we've done in the preseason, more so than I don't know, maybe I'm comfortable with. And this is, you talk, start talking about Joe Barry. I want you to make more, you know, I want you to take more chances. I want you to be more aggressive on defense. I want you to bring the linebackers more. When you start moving, if, and this is the second unit for the, the Seattle Seahawks, okay? But this is what it is. They're, they're a good football team. When you start moving your defensive linemen so their chests are facing the sideline, okay, it's literally a light switch play. It's a feast or famine. It's a yes or no, okay? If it works, great, because you beat a gap. The offensive lineman looking to shovel out of position, usually the linebacker or that defensive tackle or defensive end comes free. If they start moving and they get caught, in other words, if they can't get to their gap. So in the case of uh, Hollins right here, if he can't get to the B gap now, you have a real problem. Okay, so you see everybody gets cut off. All their chests are pointed towards the line of scrimmage. This is just a middle zone play. The linebackers are really flowing hard. And because of that, you have this huge hole right up the gut, and they get five-plus yards. Okay, this is an easy run. Maybe it's almost 10 yards. Now, you look at the same thing here. You got square stances by both your defensive tackles, which tips the offensive line that they're going to be stepping out or stepping away, right? In other words, if I was penetrating, I'd have one foot, I'd have a slight stagger. If I was going to press and read, I'd have a slight stagger. When I square up, that tells me a story, especially that three technique position, okay? Because we're in nickel now, remember? We're not playing that traditional, that 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 52, that 34 looking base defense. So that the Seattle Seahawks line now can make a call and just understand our jobs are to make sure especially if we're down blocking here, that these guys don't get to their gaps. Because if they don't get to their gaps, as they don't here, you see the right guard does a phenomenal job. Of, uh, absolutely. I mean, he warhammers uh, uh, Jonathan Ford. I mean, absolutely destroys him. And now, all of a sudden, you get this huge hole down the middle. Okay? And this is just a consequence of, really, this is what happens when you take chances on defense. Like, in other words, if you have... The, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line, you're not because they're all really, really good. You're not going to spend a ton of time trying to slant and be tricky. And oh, we're going to, this is what the St. Louis Rams used to do when they had a really, really good offense and some very good players on defense, but not, um, I think they're not necessarily up to standard like when they played against us. And what they'd start doing is moving around a lot. And sometimes they get you, but if they didn't and you, and you could make a call or you got in the Tampa did this too. Man, there's just a lot of space to eat out there for the running back. Don't like to see this, obviously. But that's what happens. You try to, you know, you guys want more aggressive defense. Some of this stuff's going to happen. That's inevitable. This is interesting, right? So they're all bunched in. Now, what is what is the Sean McVay school of thought taught all of us? Well. If everybody's bunched in, they're still going to fight for every grass, every blade of grass. So what do we do? We bring everybody to go down to the bottom of the screen towards the right, and then we're going to single up this this bottom receiver whose defensive back is giving him, right, playing him outside in. Give, he has outside leverage, but he doesn't have – so he can run. If we're just going to have a race to the yellow dot, the sun, right, the, the, the I think that's curse, 
is going to win this, you know, 19 times out of 20 because DB's got outside leverage. We've got a lot of motion that's going to, you're going to get jumbled up on a, a lot of crossers, guys, linebackers, and, and kind of walk, you're going to get mixed up in the wash and you're playing single safety here and everyone's a type formation. So you don't have a lot of speed, you don't have a lot of margin for error. And you see what happens. They just run a double crosser. Good throw, good catch. It's just a good play, right? It's just something to learn from. But when you're in those situations, as you're watching the stuff at home, like if they're condensed down like that, like they still want to use the entire field. So you start thinking, if I'm a player, you start thinking, okay, what am I giving up here? What what are, what are the what are the real issues? Lot to think about, and it happens really fast. Let's look at some offensive stuff. I think when you take away from the defense, and to start with that. Everything starts with that line, and everything with that line starts with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark's still the top player on this team, um, if we're looking at the box players. Had an immediate impact. I think I'll have an immediate impact when, we, when you get to week one. You see Rashawn Gary's coming back and playing a little bit in practice. you got to be excited about that. I still think that defensive line is you – know, we're still looking to see if Wyatt's going to be the guy is, is – um, well, I think TJ Slayton's going to start, but is is Wyatt going to be that pass rushing specialist that or, or pass rushing guy that we that we can really lean on? Can we lean Colby Wooden? Um, Colby Wooden, excuse me. I like what Slayton's done, but is he? You know, he's not going to eat up and command double teams. I think like you know, like you really want. He's not going to. He's not, he, you know he might push the pocket. Yeah, I think he's a really good replacement for Dean Lowry, but you, it would just be nice to have that that second guy. I remember we used to play against Warren Sapp, and Warren Sapp would. You know, if we doubled Warren Sapp, Warren would say, like, he would get furious. And he'd, he'd say, like, you just wait till my guy gets here. You just wait till my guy gets here. Well, the problem was he never got a guy. Like, he, I forgot the guy that he had when we first got there. And he he retired. They hired, they, they drafted Booger McFarland from LSU. And he was never, like, Booger was a good player, but he was never, like, a, a pass rusher that we were circling on the, you know, on our, um, on our player reports going like, we really got to worry about him as a pass rusher. So you just never had that guy, right? He had Simony on the outside, but if they were on the same side, you just slide, you know, there's just different things you could do. And you need to have, you need to have two guys on the interior line. That's like, if you single one of us up, we're at least going to get into the feet of the quarterback, right? We're at least going to get to the feet of the quarterback. If you can do that, you just have a lot of freedom because pressure equals picks one and two, when you think about the geometry of the pocket and you think about the defensive end trying to run the loop more often than most of these guys are taught to run the loop, right? Like, like we can get into pass rush some other time, but most of these guys end up running the loop more often than not. They don't end up bull rushing like they probably should. You it, the running the loop doesn't matter, especially in the shotgun new offense with the new with the new geometry of the new pocket and the depth that the quarterbacks play at. It really doesn't matter unless you have guys that are getting seven, eight yards deep on bull rush. I mean, that's the only reason because then they can't really step up at all. Any other situation, and you got to think about it, like five, even getting five yards of bull rush against offensive linemen is a lot. You have to have guys that can get seven, eight, nine yards really push that pocket because when the quarterback's back foot hits at 11 and takes a step forward on a five step drop, you're stepping forward and trying to plant throw at nine. If you're not at seven or eight yards, Nobody cares. And so now that, that defensive end that's making that that deep rush, they're never going to get there unless that, that tackle really, really makes a mistake. So nice to find that guy. Is it is it going to be Slayton? Is it going to be is it going to be wooden? Is it going to be wide? Is it going to be a combination? I don't know. It would be nice. It would have been nice to see a little bit more out of out of wide, I think, from a pass rush standpoint, 
going into this uh, going into this season. Let's hit some offense. So the last two games, we start in 12 personnel and 21 personnel. All right. Life is life goes great. And uh, I'm I couldn't be more elated, right? I'm old school. So what what happens? False start. You know, inevitably bad things happen when you don't go from 12 or 21. Bad things happen when you go. So they start the game in like 11 personnel or something like that. And you just, you know, my heart drops a little bit. Anyways, we go first and 15. We'll see here, Elton Jenkins. And people ask, you know, they, they ask me to describe Elton Jenkins, and it's hard because I wouldn't sit here and lie to you and say that he's a master technician. And there's a lot of things that he does. I think he got put on the map when he played Aaron Donald and he loved him and they got into that kind of fist of cuffs a little bit. I think that really put Elgin on the map and you kind of demonstrated to everybody that, you know, what he really is, is he's about that. You know, you know, when I say he's about that, it means like he's here to have a fight and he is not afraid of anybody and he can play. He's big, strong, he's athletic. He can, he can just kind of, mess with anybody now everybody says he can play all across the line maybe that's true he didn't do great at right tackle last year or the year before that i think in backup he did a good job at left tackle we know he can play the center position obviously play guard at a high level but he's not a master technician so when you watch him sometimes he has good body position but his feet are it's it, it's not always pretty but here's what he does at a really high level you see how he lowers dips and brings his hips into this into contact does a phenomenal job i liked aj Dillon in the start here uh, uh under point but let's look at elgin jenkins and then backside when you look at uh john running jr and zach tom well, I'm, I'm probably just going to keep gushing over because i just like the way he plays I, I just like his athleticism i fall in love with athletes here on this uh, on tape you see the great first step by by zach tom he's already play side has a helmet one John's getting off. He's crossed over. I don't like that particularly, but he's getting up to the second level. But did you just see how Zach Tom's just pushing this guy out of the bar, man? I mean, that's a huge hole for AJ. That's a big-time play. Big-time play in the backside. Backside, if you get big runs, it usually happens. It Everybody looks at the front side. Oh, they're running to the right, but it's you know, or they're running to the left. It's the backside blocks that get the job done in this, in this league. All right. We have the replacing Lazard again. We're having tryouts to place out, replace Alan Lazard in the in the run game as a blocker. Okay, so this is a kick play, and I don't know why we're not running kick play with Tucker Craft in. We usually use two tight ends, and you're just essentially the ball is going to be handed off like he's going to the left. Okay, in other words, the line is all going to be blocking like you're going to left. But really, what you're trying to do here is you're trying to wash everything down, and you want 250 pound AJ Dillon against the cornerback who's off the screen on the right. You want him to cut back and then get his shoulder pads north and south. And you're basically saying, my 250-pound running back, and every team in the league runs this, okay? My 250-pound running back can run through the arm tackle of your 190-pound defensive back uh, cornerback for as many yards as he wants, or at least he's going to fall forward for five. Like, in other words, if I run this play – I'm expecting to get five yards unless something goes haywire. The problem is if you're going to run it with Reed, he's got to be a physical blocker. And right here, too low, helmets on the wrong side, position blocking, and he literally just gets forced into this. And you see the hand 
of where we wanted to run. And AJ probably could have kept kept this outside, to be fair. But when AJ sees all of that real estate, he's got to make a decision and to cut up field. Maybe you don't want to, you know, turn, try to turn the corner because Jalen's getting pushed back towards the hash mark. We got to be a lot more physical here if we want to replace Alan Lazard in the run game. If you want to get those snaps, if you want to get reps, if I'm the wide receivers coach or the tight ends coach, it's like you want to get reps in the passing game, you better damn well sure you block well for these guys, okay? Because these guys are the workhorses of our team, talking about A.G. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I liked – so Jordan Love, I didn't show the entire – I didn't show the, the sideline view of this to whether or not – you know, what decisions he could make and this, that, or the other. I want you guys to see just very simply, you know, Jordan Love's on his first read, on his second read, then all of a sudden – when you see that the Seattle Seahawks have made a mistake and the defense end's gone inside the tackle and they don't have an answer outside, what he can bring to the offense is he can break contain as well as anybody. And I think this is a big deal. And so he breaks contain. We see this all day. We see him winning with his legs a lot in these two series. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's got more speed than I thought, quite frankly. And he's going to be able to do that. That's an added element where with a young quarterback, we just haven't seen this in a while. It's not like Aaron can't run, but like, you know, you have Hall of Fame guys back there for years and years and years. You're just not used to necessarily. We used to have the scramble drill and whatnot, but we just haven't seen it in a while. So I think you're going to see that a lot this year because he's probably going to be, you know, first read, second read, maybe third read, and then he's out of there. We're not going to sit around and wait for that fourth, fifth read. I wanted to give credit where credit's due here. This is a great throw. But also, this is a great job by Devin Bush, who's a, uh, a free agent from, from Pittsburgh on the Seattle Seahawks. So when offensive lines are taught play action, whether it's a keep pass or in this case, it's a keep pass like on the front side, the back side, they're going to shore it up a little bit because he's going to show and then drop back. And you can see we're in that two-by-two two look and they'll maybe do the overcall and all that kind of stuff, all right? But we've seen this before. We get into a balanced look, under center, under center play action. We want to show like the mid zone read and then we'll, he'll just drop straight back or sometimes he'll do a keeper. In this case, he drops straight back. We used to call this elephants on parade. And it just basically means, you know, if you're, you know, the, the center, right guard, right tackle, you're just going to turn to the right and start running and you're going to try to hit somebody on the way. And then eventually you'll kind of show up and, and square up a little bit. And the backside is going to be a little bit different, but uh, you know, essentially, unless it's a, if it's a, unless it's a keeper, we're all just, Elephants, all the big guys are just going to turn one direction and start running hard. The problem is linebackers aren't stupid. And at some point over the last 25 years, they've they've started to figure this out. You see Devin Bush here. He's going to start keen. One of his keys, you read through the, the open lineman through to the quarterback and the running back. Well, he just sees kind of an elephants on parade look. This is not a run look. OK, I mean, when you when you look at John Rennan Jr. and Zach Tom, this is not a run look. And so he immediately sees this. He sees it, even though we're doing a good job, I think, back here showing the ball. He turns and gets out of there. And now we're running really, really a two man concept with a check down. And Jordan Love's got a ton of time here. Safeties didn't bite. Not the best coverage for this play, but because that middle linebacker gets back and cuts off this underneath route. Really, you're trying to run off here on, on the underneath route, or excuse me, on the route on the bottom of the screen, and you're going to look for this deep dig coming across about the 45-yard line. But Devin Bush does a great job reading this. And then you can see Jordan Love runs to his left, 
hits the hash mark, flips his hits, hips, excuse me, and delivers damn near a perfect ball that, you know, for whatever reason, we just don't make the play on. Jordan has to escape again here. We talked about Rasheed Walker last week, and I do think he's a he's he's probably at this point the superior alternative to to Yash as far as the swing tackle. He'd be happy to put either one of them in the game. I just think he's better in the run game. He's got a long term uh, higher ceiling. There's a difference, and I think I just showed it here. There's a difference when you look at sets, okay? And if you're an offensive line coach, or you're a coordinator, or you're anybody involved in football right now, you see a lot of guys talking about angle sets, and I'm going to, there's a, a multitude of reasons that angle sets get you beat, but here's probably the most obvious one. The red set is the angle set. So you're going to kind of come out at a 45 degree angle, right? You're not as good an athlete as the guy across from you. So you're going to like, we're going to have a fight before I'm ready to have a fight. If we're going to run to a spot to have a fight and I'm the big guy, I want to make that spot more advantageous to me in the blue line where I'm kind of backing up and I feel good about where I'm at versus the red line where I'm going to, cut the distance between we have we were having our fight because if this guy wants to cut inside for example i'm just not as good an athlete as he is it's harder for me to change direction we're not standing on our line here so we go a little bit wide and now that inside he gets that inside stab we're talking about the, the defensive end and now we got to open that right foot all the way open like this and now jordan love sees it again good news for we have this kind of quarterback now We've always had it, but you've got a younger quarterback who's going to take advantage of these as often as possible. Break and contain. Open up. Get out of there. He's got great speed. Makes plays with his feet. It's fantastic. We see Luke Musgrave here. We're running out of, out of uh, 21 personnel with DeGuar playing fullback. I love this play, and I, I, I think it's just a really tough play right now with rookie tight ends running against stand-up outside linebackers playing nine techniques, outside nine techniques, or wide nine techniques. Because this play is essentially running outside zone, like 98 handoff solid or 98 handoff boss. All right? And what you're going to do is you're going to lead with your fullback, and he can maybe take the edge off of that defensive end if we don't get him completely covered up. But this is a difficult block when you've got guys playing inside or outside in like that standing up for this tight end. I don't know if we're ready to make this play successful unless we're willing to kind of make a, a play between the five and the nine. You see, he doesn't take terrible footwork. He really puts his heart and soul into this, talking about Musgrave. But, you know, the other guy gets paid to do this as well. And this is just, a. I think right now, this is a really tough block. The landmark could have been better, certainly. I mean, he can be better on this block. But you see, because of it, DeWar gets eaten up. And then Dylan's got to deal with, the linebacker that Zaguar would, you know, inevitably have gotten his hat, his hat on, and he would have been up on the second level, probably five, seven yards deep before we get here. Just the kind of things that happen, but it really just comes down to landmark footwork, initial footwork, hand, you know, hat placement, etc. Now we talked about awareness with Jordan Love uh, in the beginning of the show, and this happens. This is so easy for me. I could do this with any quarterback. Anybody who knows anything about football could look back and look. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If you're looking at this play, you've got three by one, tight ends attached. Right now, we know this safety is over the top. We're not coming out here, okay? Now, we have space out here, but we're not coming out here because if, if the cornerback on the bottom comes, 
right? There's literally no one to guard the wide receiver until the until the 10 yard line, the safety on the 10. Up top, if they want to bring somebody, they can bring that slot right now because that safety can drop down. He's right over the top of them. And now, either way, even if they don't bring him, we know the inside linebacker is going to have something to do with this tight end. But we don't see this. He's got already made his decision where to go. Doesn't peak. Really, he's got a two-on-one read. If he hits Musgrave right now, tight end, this is this is maybe it's not a touchdown, but we're, it's definitely a first down. Okay, and these are just these are kind of freebie plays. So there's still stuff as good as as good as Jordan Love's looked. There's still stuff we're gonna you know you continue to work on, continue to see these kind of things. Look at the opportunity because you can always take a peek and then fire this ball out if you don't see it. Incomplete play, not a big deal though. All right, these are the kind of plays you know, we're talking about trench warfare stuff. And you've got two, I mean, we'll just call them what they are. They're slugs, right? you got two big non-pass rushers in the game of defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. These guys are there to stop the run. These guys are not world-class pass rushers. They're not – I wouldn't even know if they're. we're going to call them dynamic, but they're, they're low to the ground, they're big bodies, and especially at that nose tackle position, they're not going to move a lot. So we've got a shotgun look. We've got a draw set. And this is just the, I think these are two, two, we can do a better job, but sometimes just by personnel, they got you a little bit. And I think on both these guys, you know, you see uh, EJ gets beat inside, which you don't want. He, he's better than this. He doesn't need to get beat, but it happens from time to time. And then Myers is just going to, I mean, Myers has to snap the ball, act like he's going to pass set, hope this guy moves and then try to move off a spot. Well, if the guy's just going to stand up and read him, it's like, Right, there's nothing to do. You know, he's not going to move him off the spot just by you know going something belly to belly and, and, and trying to road grade him. It's not going to happen. You either got to get your hip set and try to drive block this guy, or you got to pass it and hope he rushes. If you pass it and he doesn't rush, and this we, like we all interior line, we've all fallen into this trap. If you pass it and he doesn't rush, you look bad. Kind of a circumstantial thing, but that's how it goes. It says playing the plat. Playing the play, God, mispronunciation, misspelling. So, when I say when I say playing the play, we're in that look again, and we're using eleven instead of eighty-five, or instead of one of the other. Uh, we can put the guard back there, or anybody instead of another tight end. But really, we've got this look under center. Okay, we've got Musgrave hipped off in that position where we know he's going. If if we are the Seattle Seahawks. We know he's going backside right now because we've watched tape. And he's far enough off of vertically and horizontal laterally off of Zach Tom that he's going backside and he won't get in Zach Tom's way. So why do I bring that up? Because the linebackers here are shifted all the way over. And if you take away Musgrave, because they, they haven't shown, they're just going to do a very simple, they could very easily just pitch this ball to the right. And we can go uh, tackle tight end, combo up to the, the linebacker, running's on his own. Myers pulls or goes through for the next linebacker. We get a cutoff on the backside and we're out the gate. Okay, we could do that, but we, we're not doing that. Like, we haven't shown it. So they keep going backside, so they're playing the play. And now Myers has to get all the way over to the linebacker over Zach Tom. And really, nobody can even get to. I mean, I suppose 
you're looking at it like Walker's going to try to get all the way over to the, 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 the play side a gap. It's just a really tough look, you know, and sometimes it's the preseason stuff. And so when guys say, Hey, we're running vanilla, we're doing this and that it's not that we're running vanilla. Like we're running all the same plays we always run. It's just, sometimes we don't check out of them. And one thing that you're going to see this year that you might not have seen in the past is maybe Aaron Rodgers gets you out of that play. Maybe he gets you out of that play regardless if you're in the preseason or not. Cause he's like, dude, there's just no way this play is going to work. Like let's do something else. Love might not be ready to do that. I don't know what kind of reins they've given him as far as what kind of checks we're going to make at the line of scrimmage. I haven't really talked about that too much in the preseason here. It'll be interesting to see in the first couple weeks of the season, though. Jenkins versus a wide three technique. So, again, we're looking, we're, we're just talking some trench warfare stuff and like things to look at. So, how do you make people's lives easier? Well, right now, Elton Jenkins is the best player on the line, at least on the left side of the line, right? And so even if we have a slide with Myers, you got this wide three technique, so you know you have inside help. What you want to do is you want to put that three technique in a position where you're either going to get jacked in the face really hard or in the chest really hard, or you're going to go so flat inside that it's going to be really easy for that center to pick up. Okay, so we want to take two steps. If we want a flat set, which I don't advocate, but if you wanted to, take two and throw your hands, but you're kind of getting head up on this guy. So he can't beat you outside. You're taking away that. That's the power of sliding the center to your side is you kind of are going to take away one thing and force him to do either go down the middle or, or, or go inside, but you got to take something off the rush. And this is something where if we want Myers to look better at the guard position, we have to do a better job. Like you got to help him a little bit here. Because now Myers looks like he's not doing his job. Ball gets batted down. Penetration in the back in the backfield. It's totally unnecessary. I've did like I'm guilty of this. I did this to Mike Flanagan once. John Randall was playing in Seattle Seahawks. We're playing this like perfect game. We score five touchdowns in a row or something like that. It's like the fourth quarter. Randall comes in. He hasn't even been playing. He goes up. He plays the exact same thing is happening here. I do the exact same thing that Jenkins is doing. I just kind of put my hand out and go, oh, Flanagan will get him. And it's John Randall. You know, and Flanagan was really good, but it's John. I just basically gave John Randall a free rush from the B gap to beat Mike Flanagan, you know, who's playing center in the A gap. And I went to the sideline, and he, you know, Mike's like, This me, I know it's, you know, it was me. I'm, this is what happens sometimes. We got to be better. We got to be better here, though, because you don't want a guy who's, again, is not a very good pass rusher to get this deep in the pocket. There's no need for it. Interesting play, though. Jordan Love, huh? Caught his own pass. I wonder if he gets a completion for that. I'm not sure how that works, to be honest with you. Second attempt here, trying to replace Lazard this week. Come on now. Come down on 23. Are we coming back? What are we doing? Okay, we did the uh, the helmet up. He's down. That's just a bad angle, isn't it, guys? So we want to come flat and get our helmet across. Okay, we're just kind of we're just kind of patty caking him a little bit. We just got to be a little more physical. But because we do such a good job interior offensive line. We've got two A-gap players. Do such a good job here creating this hole out the out this. I mean, that's just a fantastic – it's a great find. It's a great run, but really a good job by the center left guard and then right guard John Runnin Jr. Although he gets turned a little bit, he turns that guy completely around. 
Fantastic effort. Now, this is hard right here. You got four guys out on the route. There's only one opportunity to be open when he gets to the top of his uh, his three-step. He makes a perfect throw, and the receiver makes does a good job here. Right? Here in footsteps. Gets a, does a good job of being open, excuse me, of, of making the right read and getting the open spot. But you hear footsteps here. Tries to adjust his route right there. Move before he catches it. We got to make that play, obviously. Jordan Love, great read. And then we talk about footwork and being elusive and kind of understanding the situation. You've got a window here. You've got a window here. Whether he thinks they're open or not, like I'm not the quarterback, right? To me, they're open. Looking at the screen and still frame, these are places you could you could throw open. Now, what happens after that? And that's I think that's what we have to see when we move into the actual games of when we don't make these throws, when we decide that this isn't open enough, when we decide that, you know, when Jordan decides that this isn't it, I'm not going to throw, I don't feel good about throwing this ball. What's going to happen next? Because now this, all of a sudden, this escape doesn't look too good. And this ends up working out, I know. But this look right here is not what you want to see if you're a Packers fan. You love the athleticism. You love that he's making plays, all of it. Okay, but you don't. We need to figure out a. Do we throw that? Do we chuck that ball away because we don't, we don't have? What's our backup look like? Our backup situation, and then B. How good do we get at our scramble drill? Love the footwork here, top of the top of the stem, and then just turns and fires, right? Stuff that you love on rhythm. It's a college throw, but great throw, great footwork. Okay. Christian Watson's really fast. I, I, can you overthrow this guy? Now, they're showing two over here, and they're showing quarters up top. Okay? So they're showing cover two down on the bottom of the screen. They're showing quarters up top. Safety is aligned with the corner. That immediately alerts Jordan Love. It's go time. Christian Watson is not – both these guys are in a lot of trouble. They don't have somebody on the field fast enough to cover him. Okay? The safety is no chance of getting there. Does he need to turn? All, he probably could have thrown it a little bit further. I don't think you now throw the guy. Should have made the play. Ball went right through his hands. I don't think you now throw this guy, though. Unbelievable. Right through his hands. But that's going to be there all year. They're trying to play cover four less than, less than 15 yards off. Wrap. Throw it deep. I feel like I'm now that I'm watching this, I feel like I'm picking on Jenkins a little bit. Um, he was, you know, wasn't his best preseason performance in his preseason, who cares? But just kind of showing stuff on why things work and why things don't. So they have a, a good double team here. Jenkins doesn't get a second step down, so he's high into contact. So he doesn't take a bad first step necessarily. Okay. It's a little bit deeper and maybe closer to the center than you need. But because he doesn't have a second step down in contact here, you need to make contact with both feet in the ground. And because the defensive tackle makes contact, now he's under his pads. He gets pushed up high. And Dillon's in kind of a bad spot, right? He gets pushed up. Walker has to break off on the linebacker. And 
Jenkins gets a little bit turned and they, they they end up making the tackle there when we could probably, you know, I think for me personally with the, with the way that he plays and his physicality, the expectation is you're going to get with Bakhtiari in there with Walker in there against the second team in the South series. You're going to get three yards of movement regardless. And you'll be able to stay on that man. Again, it just comes to, it always comes down to initial footwork. All right. Got two things to look at here. So let's watch Zach Tom first. This is, again, why you don't – when you think about flat setting or angle setting, Zach Tom is doing such a good job on the looking at the right tackle position. Okay, hands extended, all right? But now you've already engaged almost at the line of scrimmage, and this is under center play action pass again. So you're going to have this deep drop. There's going to be a lot of time. So you're extended, and you see his back foot is turned, so his chest is now pointed towards the sideline. Why is this the problem? Because you essentially, if you're the defensive end, you're on the 40, let's call it the 46-yard line. And Love is now at the 40, other 45. So you have nine yards of depth to get, and you're all the way out at the right tackle position. So running the loop really isn't that hard. As opposed to if you had that confrontation five yards deeper at the 50, now Trying to run that loop is going to put you back to the 42, the 43-yard line. You're nowhere near the quarterback. And that's why, you know, for me, the guys I teach, we're not going to sit there and practice or or go into a game and say, hey, I'm going to try to flat set this guy and catch him off guard. Because if they get the edge like they get him here, even though he's got hands inside, even though he's done a great job with his hands, and he feels good, like he gets beat. And could the quarterback throw the ball? All these things could happen. But, you know, we don't play to hang on. We play to win. And you don't win when you take initial footwork that is not logical or not kinesthetically smart, okay? Now, the other side of this, which I just love from Musgrave is, I'm not sure if he's confused or whatnot. Oh, he's a rookie and it is what it is. So he's going to, I think he he thinks maybe he should block the safety, but he's not sure. Uh, what? Okay, so he kind of figures out like, oh, okay, I made a mistake. But now it's like you go into... <laughs> Hey, I'll fix it. Just give me the ball mode, right? Okay, pass me the ball. Give me the ball. Look, come on. Just give me the give give the ball to me. All right. Now it's too late. I just love like I can't tell you how many times because you know, our offensive linemen, we we will miss blocks every once in a while, but there's just no like, hey, I'll bail you out if you just throw me the ball. It'd be fantastic. Okay. Like I said at the beginning, they didn't start in 12 or 21, but winners do use 21 personnel. And I'm going to show you why. Again, we've talked about this already. You get into 12 or 20, you get into 21 personnel in particular, linebackers' ears go up, right? Play action is going to work better because they're not used to playing against a fullback. So it's like their minds start thinking like, oh man, how do I, how do I fit into our scheme against a fullback? It's different. So now we got this look. We're going to go under center play action. We're going to go full flow here. We're going to get these linebackers to flow downhill to contact point and we're going to leave this receiver up top including the safety who's coming down the box we're going to receiver up top for an inside move with outside leverage on the defensive back so here we go under center and a lot of this instead of the keepers this week because they know seattle's going to run that guy high for the keep they bring the backside they do a quick look and he just turns he's like more of a three-step drop not a seven step Hits, hits him on the quick end. It's a great play. It's a great football play. It's a great personnel play. And then, you know, obviously, you look at Watson out here one-on-one, -on -one and 
you know, you're just begging. Great back shoulder throw. I've seen that over the years many, many, many times. It's got to get you a little bit excited. So, you know, you end up tying, really, I think when you look at it, you end up tying the starters. There's some guys that played really well in that game still. Uh, Valentine keeps coming up. Um, he, he almost had a pick six. He just keeps popping up. I know he's popped up all training camp. Um, there's still a couple questions left. It looks like Savage and Ford are going to start uh, in, in the defensive secondary. What's that going to look like? What can we do to maximize their potential? You know, you think about it, Darnell Savage ran a 4-3-6-40 when he was coming out. I think he's University of Maryland. He ran a 4-3-6. Okay, so that's flying, guys. So if you're asking me, like Rudy Ford's on the field. He made some interceptions last year. I remember against the Cowboys specifically, but he's a thumper. Like that guy comes down in the in the box. He's got some still has some work to do. We saw him getting cracked last week. But he's a he's a guy that can tackle. So can we, because of the first round draft picks and, and all pros that we have at corner, can we be more aggressive from a schematic standpoint? Can we rotate that safety down and put him in a position to make plays near the line of scrimmage? And then can we use Darnell Savage and his 4-3-6-40 time to be, you know, the, the last defense, to be the surveyor of, of the field, to be the guy that can fly around and make plays in the secondary, be the backup for the corners for playing trail, you know, come just can we be that guy? I think that's how you maximize their value or their potential, knowing that that's who we're going to have back there. I think if you do it the other way, you're, you're asking for trouble. I think that that doesn't, I think that's plays to each individual skill set. Can I play a cloud with, with Savage and use his speed? Can I put the other, can I put forward in the, in the box or closer to the line of scrimmage or an opportunities to make more plays near the line of scrimmage in that channel, be a physical presence as much as possible. There's a lot of teams that have had a ton of success in the national football league doing that. And I know that we've played, all this off coverage, and I know we all we even showed a little bit in the beginning of the game, but I don't think from a personality standpoint you can have that many first round picks on your defense and play soft scheme, not soft players. I don't think you can play soft scheme like that. I had a couple fan questions I wanted to get to before I got out of here today. What's going? What's doing with Devontae Wyatt? Good question. I mean, honestly, you, you see things, you see flashes, you see the quickness. In games this offseason, I don't know that I've seen anything that makes me – certainly he's not been playing as good as TJ Slayton. I still think that if you line him up against a like a, a underperforming three-tick guard in third-down situations and just say, go get the quarterback and kind of – take it's just the same thing you did with quay last year the same thing you do with with any position when you're just trying to get a guy to play fast and use his athleticism the problem with Devontae wyatt is you're comparing him out to jonathan david you're comparing him to like the philadelphia eagles defensive line who has you know half the guys from 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 georgia you're comparing him to his those guys who are playing out of their minds and he might not be that guy. He might not be in that environment. He might not have that coaching. He, but all there's all these other things, right? But it's it's kind of an unfair comparison, but it's inevitable. And so he's not at that level. He can get there, but it's like, how do you make it as simple as possible so he builds up his confidence? And it's like, dude, I I know I can do this at a high level. For me, it's putting him in situations where you isolate him against a, against an inferior player in passing situations and let him feel that rush of getting NFL sacks. 
you get that, you get addicted to it, man. Another question. What are your thoughts on Sean Ryan this preseason? I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't, I watch guys that I think are going to play during the season. I don't spend a lot of time um, watching the backups in preseason. I just don't. I, I, I unapologetically, I, you, you want to ask me about other starters on other teams? I can, I'm happy to. Um, from what I've seen, the limited reps I've seen, I think I told, I said this when he came out of UCLA. I thought this was a multi year project just because the way that, um, his body needed to adapt a little bit because he he was big, but he didn't he was playing tackle. He didn't play physical. So that physical part of the game in the National Football League is different, especially when you move inside. And you know, certainly I think you see progress, but John Runyon Jr., certainly EJ are not worried about their jobs right now. Um, and for good reason. Um Matthew Stafford made some comments this week about how hard it is to connect with these younger players. I actually loved it because he said, you know, so they come off the field, they get on their damn phones. He's like, I want to throw their phones in the garbage or something like I'm their dad. I don't want to feel that way, but that's how I feel. And somebody asked, is there any real value in a young love versus an old Rogers based on age and connecting with teammates? I'm paraphrasing. And it's like, you know, it's hard because when you watch hard knocks and you see everything that Aaron Rodgers is doing and the impact that he has on the team, it, He's so smart that you know a lot of this is he's used this as a platform, certainly. But man, he's done a really good job. And so it's really, if you're a Packers fan and you didn't know anything else and you didn't know that, you know, you didn't know anything about, you know, last year and the hand signals and, you know, players don't feel comfortable, blah, 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 blah. You'd go, man, Aaron Rodgers seems like a pretty good dude. And everybody on that team loves him. And he's completely changed the culture there. I mean, he's done so much in such a short time. And he's getting such rave reviews. It's it's perplexing why that couldn't happen here. And it just speaks to how important relationships are between the most important player in your building, in, in your organization, the, the quarterback, and the head coach, and the general manager, and the pres, and the owner, whatever it is, you see das Dak Prescott getting pissy about not knowing that, or not. That's not fair. Dak Prescott was not informed by Jerry Jones about the trade for Trey Lance, and you know, visibly it looked like he was. You know, I probably it probably feels like he, he should have been told. Those are very very important relationships, and the fact that it got to where it was with Aaron Rodgers, and then seeing him now, it really. To me, it doesn't paint a great picture of what happened here with these people because right now he looks great. He has a platform to look great, but he is taking advantage of that platform. Cuts are coming. Yash Nyman got beat up by Rashid Walker for that, that swing tackle spot. Do you keep Yash now that Walker's emerged? That's a question, a good one. And what I would say is, what are you going to get for Yash Nyman? Like Yash Diamond's not going to – I don't think there's a team out there that's going to be like, I need a starting fill-in-the-blank. I'm going to give you a, what, a third-rounder for him, a fourth-rounder? I just don't think you're going to get that. So there's not a lot of good offensive linemen in this league. I think he is still a guy that has room to grow. He's proven he can play at this level. And you don't know what's going to happen with Bakhtiari. Jenkins has been hurt twice in the last three years. Like, you might need guys. You might have to move Myers. We don't know. 
if you, you you might have to move Tom to move Myers, and then Rashid's going in, and then all of a sudden you need another swing tack. I mean, there's scenarios there. So I'm dumping a lot of guys on the Green Bay Packers before I'm dumping Josh Nyman. If I'm just looking at this right now, Cole Schneider, Sean Ryan, uh, Royce Newman. Those are guys that I'm probably dumping before I dump Josh Nyman because I've seen him play. If I get if one of my guys goes down right now and I need a guy to back up, if Rasheed Walker has to play, backs out, I need a guy. I'm pretty sure I can get Josh at guard. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I can put him anywhere, and I, I think he can play. He can't play as good as my starters, but I don't. I think he can play better than everybody I just mentioned. So. That's my two cents. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, I think in, in, in light of, instead of doing a get off my lawn, I'll wait till the next time we have AG because it's something I want to talk to him about. You can hit me up, MikeWall68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. If you're liking these shows, if you like the film analysis, if you like the breakdown, let us know. YouTube.com backslash, backslash YouTube.com backslash process to perform check us out on the process to perform channel we're gonna be coming out with uh different clips day to day so we're gonna start the, the the block party stuff thank you for all the ideas on block party uh i got a couple ones in in the can right now so we'll get that going next week i don't know if we're gonna do a show because we have the off week but certainly we'll start back up hope you enjoyed it uh what else do i need to tell everybody here oh thank you to our sponsor about online adg and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.